Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. This week, we're speaking with three members of the Ergonomic Assist Systems and Equipment Council, or the Ease Council as they're more commonly known. Jim Galanti of Southworth Products, Amy Bluter of Kinetic Technologies, and Rob Jordan of Blickle Wheels and Casters joined us to discuss ergonomics, the Ease Council, and any recent changes they've noticed in ergonomic strategies or equipment. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Jim, could you please start off the conversation by giving us a brief overview of what ergonomics looks like in material handling today and why it's important? Ergonomics today is, is a must-do. Um, unless some company happens to be living in a cave, uh, they can't survive today without a good applied ergonomics in the workplace. Um, when we look at the problems associated with the industrial and uh, assembly and warehousing and distribution workplaces. Uh, we see that, uh, and some experts go as far as half, but one third to one half of all workman's comp claims are associated to manual material handling. And that is lifting, carrying, pushing, pulling, bending, reaching, stretching, twisting. and those manual material handling tasks continue to be the number one cause of workplace injury. They are the most expensive, uh, especially back injuries. Uh, they, are the, they are all problems that can be solved uh, and, and sometimes very easily and inexpensively solved. Ergonomics is, uh, is what this is all about and applying good ergonomics to the workplace uh, can significantly reduce uh, these injuries and these lost time uh, uh, injuries that are that are occurring. And so, so when we look at ease today, it it has become a, a very necessary component of any uh, business. It is uh, it is looking at how they can, of course, adjust the workplace to the worker because <laughs> we're not going to change the worker. It's especially important today for a couple other reasons that have um, fallen on our shoulders and, and that is uh, aging and obesity. These two problems alone have created some huge issues. So we, we have a lot of uh, workers that are trying to do these tasks that are not physically fit to do it. Um, and then we throw in aging. Uh, if we go back 25 years, the average, the average worker was 27 years old. Today, that average worker is 48 years old. And that pattern that we're seeing of, of aging is going to continue at least for another 15 years. Uh, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Thanks, Jim. Rob, can you tell us what the East Council is and what sorts of resources are available? Sure. The East Council is actually a conglomeration of, of 
various companies that work with ergonomic solutions. So not only are there caster companies, there's companies that make lifting devices, positioning devices, but it's a it's an association of these companies that basically puts together ergonomics, I won't really say programs, but a, a set of ergonomics resources so that any general industry can access those resources, for example, from the EASE website. Everything from contact information for professional ergonomists and people in the industry to various white papers, research papers, information on correct positioning of, of product for workers to access, correct positioning of workbenches, you know, effective use of conveyance systems. And it's not all expensive and technology laden. A lot of it's very, very simple and offers a variety of options. So there's low cost, low effort options. And there's also, of course, high cost and high effort options. But the resources that are available there will help you with office environments, warehouse environments, manufacturing environments, um, any challenges you may have, there's probably a free resource there that'll help you, you know, come to a conclusion that you can use to improve the ergonomics. Sounds like there's plenty of information available for our listeners to look up after this episode. Amy, is there anything new the council is working on? We're trying to create an interactive solutions matrix of ergonomic solutions for the products that our members um, manufacture and design. So we've got a couple great solutions um, products already on the website that helps narrow down um, what who you might want to talk to and things like that. But we're really trying to take that to the next level with the interactive, here's my problem, here's the picture, click on it, and you, you know, you can get all the way through to what the solution is and puts you in contact with the right member company um, that would be able to service, you know, the end user and and get that solution solved for the manufacturing or the warehousing folks. That sounds like an amazing tool, Amy. I'm excited to see the final product when it's ready. I know automation is on the rise in material handling. Have you noticed any links between this adoption and ergonomic solutions? Rob, let's go to you first. Actually, it's funny you mention that because I'm working on several projects right now that involve that. You know, more and more companies are going to automation as much as possible. I've done some work with some uh, automotive companies recently. You know, historically, automotive companies tow carts full of components to the workstations. And in a just-in-time environment we're in these days, they may tow, for example, you know, six car seats at a time, so enough for three cars, and then they're changing that out constantly. And under the older model, they tow those carts there, and then an operator has to push the cart into location, pull the empty cart out, hook it back to the train, and drive away. More and more these days, people are going to AGVs, automated guided vehicles. But it doesn't really change the need for ergonomics. I worked with a company very recently who'd been using one set of material handling you know, apparatus, casters in this case, and their AGVs were running out of battery power before the end of a shift because the strain on the motors was so high because the carts were so hard to move. 
So by simply changing that out, improving the ergonomics of the cart, it also made the AGVs last the entire shift. You know, they had no AGVs, you know, failing due to battery power in the middle of the aisleways, et cetera, and improved the throughput and the efficiency of the factory. So even if you automate something to try to take load off the workers, you still have to look at the ergonomics of it. Um, in addition, when you do try to automate something, you need to look at the ergonomics of the user's interface with that automation. For example, you've got overhead lifting systems to help you lift and position a bar within some kind of assembly. Make sure that the interface the operator actually uses to use that lifting system is ergonomic. Otherwise, they won't use the lifting system and you lose the whole benefit. Interesting. Amy, have you noticed any connection between automation and ergonomics in the industry? Sure. We've noticed a lot of people in the work, you know, out in the industry and manufacturers are looking at trying to increase automation. They might not have the budget for the pricey solutions, but there's some simple things that people are doing that aren't as pricey. Um, you can go to like automated guided vehicles, AGVs, instead of a tow motor or a tugger. Um, it reduces headcount, it's safer, and it's, you know, you don't need a person standing there. It just goes its route. Um, so that's kind of something that's really picked up a lot of steam um, out in the, you know, practical application, I guess, that you can see. Um, another thing that we're seeing a lot of is hands-off positioning. So you would roll, you know, you would tug or an AGV would bring a cart to the line and then it would sensor unload and bring that to um, the worker and then when it was unloaded, it goes again. So it's really, there's no pushing, there's no um, operator interaction. It's all done with sensors and automation. So um, that's, those are some, I don't want to say easy because it's still robotics and automation, but they're, they're less expensive, easier solution just to try to um, minimize operator interaction and you know reduce headcount, things like that, since we don't have a ton of workers right now. That's a good point. With the pandemic, more people have been working remotely. Has this changed the way some people are looking at ergonomics in the workplace? Perhaps by taking advantage of the downtime to make improvements? We've run into two different things, at least in our experiences out in the field. One is that folks have had to slow down because they are working reduced amount of headcount. Um, sometimes their product offerings aren't flying off the shelves because of the economic uncertainty, things like that. So we've had one group of customers that have kind of you know, taken a step back. And then we've had one group of customers, to your point, that's really looking on how can they improve their efficiencies, their ergonomics, you know, how they're operating since they have less people, they're a little bit slower. And we're really looking to help and solve, you know, focus on those problems for them. Um, ergonomic wise, you know, anytime you can get the material right to the line and have it positioned properly, again, I'll, I'll probably sound like a um, beating my drum over and over again, but the key is to get it to the right person, you know, to save the employees we have and to make sure that their job is more efficient and um, better for their you know, physical being as well, as we know, not only, you know, is COVID a problem, but obesity in America, you know, the aging workforce, that all plays into it. So if we can get better ergonomic and um, more automatic solutions, that helps. And so we have seen, you know, probably 50% of our customers looking at that. Jim, same question. Have you noticed any changes in people's interest in ergonomic solutions since the pandemic began? 
Yeah, matter of fact, what, what we did, uh, we took advantage of the, uh, of the downtime for our salespeople. Uh, we, we sell our products through uh, distributors. And we did a series of webinars. What we did is we said, how has the workplace changed because of COVID? Um, it's, it's a lot more than just social distancing. Um, so we, we find that our customers that use our products are forced to redesign the workplace for the convenience of the worker, which of course includes ergonomics. Um, so the COVID forced a number of things to happen that probably should have happened anyway. Um, and, and, and as the workplaces were redesigned to accommodate the, um, uh, reduction of personal contact. We also improve the workplace by making, um, making those work workstations and manual material handling tasks uh, easier to do. So we, uh, we as a company, uh, not so much ease, but we as a company offered our salespeople a number of equipment solutions that would um, increase productivity, would complement the um, need for, uh, uh, you know, reduced personal contact, uh, would provide social distancing, and all the time uh, doing it with the focus on the fact that we have to protect the worker. So there was a great deal of work done by our company uh, along those lines. Uh, and, and I think these are all good, uh, good positive changes. Good to know that people are taking advantage and making improvements during this downtime. Rob, do you have any suggestions for our listeners who may be considering ergonomics improvements in their workspaces? Where should they start? Well, particularly in a manufacturing environment, you know, people don't really realize, but if you just go out and watch your workers for some period of time and document exactly what they're doing and how long it takes, for example, people packing product spend almost 40% of their time walking around a pallet to set a filled box on that pallet. You know, a simple you know, rotational device that moves the pallet to the worker can cut almost 40% of their material handling time. So really knowing where you're spending your time, knowing what risk factors you have. Are your people bending too much to load those boxes? So a simple study or a simple, you know, spending several hours out there just watching your employees and just kind of documenting everything, that'll give you a real idea where to start. Interviewing your employees also, you know, what makes you uncomfortable? What activities make you tired at the end of the day? That'll, that'll give you a really good idea where to start because no one knows what's uncomfortable more than the people that do it all day, every day. Excellent advice. Anyone else have some advice? Amy? Sure. The first thing is to um, do your homework. <laughs> so it's easy for corporate initiatives to be passed down, you know, improve ergonomics, reduce injuries, things like that. But they often don't give a full picture of how you would do that. So doing your homework and again, Ease and MHI is a great resource for that. So hopefully, you know, the Google machine <laughs> or whatever brings them to us um, and they can start doing their homework there. Um, 
setting reasonable expectations, breaking it down into chunks. That's also very important too. It's unrealistic that you're going to solve all of your pinch points, your pain points um, overnight. And then the other thing that I think gets missed is um, how you can really use the ergonomics and proper ergonomics to really increase your productivity and efficiency. So I think that gets missed a lot. And it's usually one of the things that we're working on. And at the end of the project, the customer says, I didn't realize I was going to gain, you know, X amount of minutes or whatever, because the materials are all positioned properly. There's no finding stuff. There's no, you know, extra strain, stress, things like that. And it really just does increase productivity too. So I think, you know, do your homework, make reasonable, small expectations, and then, um, really look at where you could pick up some additional efficiencies. Now, if any of our listeners are looking to find the information to help them start this process, they can find it on the Ease Council's website, mhi.org ease. Before we leave, are there any final thoughts? Jim? Just saying ergonomics is fine, but there is so much more to it, and there are so many drivers today of uh, aging, obesity, insurance costs, uh, laws, regulations. There's a whole bunch of drivers that make ergonomics uh, a, a must-do in business. Uh, and, and, and the hard thing for uh, smaller companies, remember, the majority of people in the United States work for small companies. <laughs> they don't work for large corporations. And, and big companies have ergonomists. They have healthcare professionals on staff. Uh, but a company with a couple hundred employees, uh, the, the personnel manager is the safety director. <laughs> He's the nurse. And, and they can't afford an ergonomist. They can't afford a healthcare professional. So the, the smaller businesses in the U.S. are really hurting because they don't have the resources to uh, really look at this. And that's why the East Council is so important because it's a place that a small business owner or manager can go to and see ergonomics, see solutions, see equipment that is going to, um, that's going to help his business. In the material handling business, we learned a long time ago, there's usually more than one solution for any problem. So I may use a hoist, I may use a lift table, I may use a vacuum lifter, I may use a manipulator, I may use a balancer, but I wanna go someplace and find solutions that don't drive me into one technology. And that's why the Ease Console is such a huge resource for companies to go to, because there's all kinds of solutions and they're all just equally important. A great reminder, and I think an excellent way to end this episode. Thanks, Jim. And thank you, Amy and Rob, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this MHI cast featuring Jim Galanti, Amy Bluter, and Rob Jordan. The Ease Council website has answers for all of your ergonomic questions, so make sure you visit it at mhi.org ease. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.